evening. Um, I apologize for um, my brain is screwy right now because my nerves were <laughs> a little on edge there in traffic. Uh, but um, I'm here. I'm safe. Uh, there's a lot uh, going on. But let me first start by thanking you for having me, always being good friends to me. Um, a uh, friend of mine, Adam Metz, who, who's the minister up at Alum Creek, uh, we're best friends. I mean, we, we, we talk almost every other day, and, and we talk a lot about um, our churches and how we long for our churches to, to just do more with, with each other. And <clears throat> our church d- doesn't do a, a, a good job outside of area-wide of just engaging with, with others. Um, and and what, I, what I love about what you do on Wednesday nights, um, and, you know, I've, I've gone to the website and, you know, I always, you know, try to be, be one of the last speakers because I, I want to see what other people are doing first um, to make sure I don't mess it up. Um, but, but it was just such a delight to see so many people from so many different places come and, and spend time at Spring Road, and it just communicates to me uh, that this congregation um, just has a heart of, of cooperation with, with our area churches. So I appreciate um, you, you doing that, and I certainly appreciate um, you, you, you inviting me and, and being here with you. And again, I hope uh, I can just do something to, to be a blessing. You, you're, you're being um, a, a blessing to me. Um, <clears throat> I imagine that this book um, is, is one of those books, and just listening to Robin's introduction, it, it just kind of hit the spot, right? Um, for me, uh, this has been extremely timely. Um, th- th- this, I, I am at a, at a collision spot of, of so many things in, in, in my life. Um, I'm still relatively young, um, 45 years old, uh, turned 45 uh, years old this year, 22 years in full-time ministry, um, 17 years uh, at the Ronesburg Church, which is, uh, you know, given the, 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 the averages of, of, of the average 10-year of ministry, that, that's, a, that's a pretty long time. Um, and, and so what that means is that, you know, I'm in a ministry situation where I know that, you know, Members love me. I, I love the members. Um, but, but there are times we get at each other's throats because we're so comfortable with each other. Um, and, and we're at a church, like many churches in the area, where we're just we're, we're trying to do our best to do God's work. But, but it's a struggle. Um, it, it's a struggle to, to do a lot of the work that we've been doing. We're, we're doing some fantastic things um, in, in Reynoldsburg, in the community, and, and our community is really changing. Uh, it's changing demographically, culturally. Um, uh, probably within the next five years, uh, the the population of uh, Bhutanese Nepali families uh, will probably uh, triple. Uh, and and so culturally, like our our, our city, it's an exciting time. Um, to, to see the cultural diversity in, in our city, but it brings with it a wealth of challenges. Um, <clears throat> and we're trying to do our best to, to, to do God's work, but our, our membership is, is dropping. And so you have the same people doing everything, 
Yeah, yeah, know about that. Is, is that a, is that a, like universal issue that goes on? Um, we've had a lot of deaths this year, um, which is a sign that we're getting older. And um, it, it has been, it's been challenging. Um, I've I've cried a lot this year uh, because some of the people who passed away I was I was really close to, um, and and it's it's really just just trying. Um, I've been married uh, this year for for twenty years. That that's a good thing, um, but but it, it it also comes with a a wealth of challenges. Uh, we have a daughter who's a freshman in college. Or I'm sorry, she's a, she'll be a sophomore in college. She leaves uh, Friday to go down to Athens for her second year of college. Um, and and when that tuition bill comes in the mail, or or in the in the email, it, it, it's enough to, to to bring some tears and some anxiety. And um, and then your you know your daughter's away, and then I've got a daughter in high school, and all the activities that she's 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 doing. Um, uh, for, for the past four months, I have been battling a back issue. Um, I know, Mark, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're going through this. Um, and seemingly there is like no relief in sight. Um, I, I have good days. Yesterday was a really good day. Um, today's a bad day. I have more bad days than I have good days. Um, and, and there are times when I'm... The only relief that I can get is just laying flat on my back. It also means that I'm not able to do a lot of the work that I'm paid to do as a, as a minister or, or want to do in, in, in my passions because I, I, I can't do it physically. And I have to lay in bed. Um, I have cut my lawn, which for me is something that is like therapeutic for me. I like walking behind a lawnmower and cutting the grass. I've not been able to cut my grass all summer. Um, I had to watch somebody cut my grass, and it was, it was like depressing. Like watching someone, like you're not cutting it the way I like to cut it. Like, no, the lines need to go this way, not that. Um, and um, and on top of that, my wife for the past month and a half, she's had a a shoulder issue on our on our 20th anniversary when we should be out celebrating or something. We were like, you know tossing each other Motrin um, because that's that's all we could that's all we could do um, <clears throat> there's a collision of all of these things and I have to be honest with you um, with within just the past like six months um, give up is a term that it, it's it's been part of my vocabulary you, you, ever, you ever been there <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like just everything all all at once. And so to, to get this book in the mail when it came in the mail at church, it was it was one of those days where I was like, like, what, what, are, you, what are you saying, God? Last night, um, a, a friend in Reynoldsburg for the past uh, seven, eight years, I've been working with an organization in Reynoldsburg that works with recovering addicts. Uh, it's called Summer Rays. Um, if you watch the news or read the news, you may have heard of this organization because it's in a lot of trouble. Uh, the, the state attorney general uh, brought uh, some charges up against uh, the owner of this this uh, this this organization and seized all of his properties. And um, for the past year, uh, 13 months, 
they actually have been they've been using our building for their meetings and, and such. And so the owner, uh, again, I'm, I'm good friends with him, asked to speak with me last night and I uh, met him at the church building and we sat in our fellowship hall and he he's just distraught. He's like, what? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, why is this happening to me? Like, um, you're talking about an organization that at one point was helping 150 addicts stay clean and sober. And right now in his organization, I believe they have like six people. Um, and and he was just talking about, it's, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I mean, is this, do I, do I just need to wave the white flag of surrender and, and give up? And And I prayed with, Chuck last night and the last words I said to him after we prayed was um, brother don't don't give up this is timely this is timely because I I, I, I I think that there are so many people um, who are just beginning to cave under the weight of, of stress and, and so many things that's going on in, in life and none of us None of us is immune to it, right? Like it, it can happen to to the best of us. Um, it can happen to to all of that. So um, tonight uh, we're, we want to look at the epilogue, uh, final chapter there, um, and I just want to you know maybe, maybe just share some reflections uh, based based on it. So let's uh, let's read together uh, Hebrews chapter twelve, um, verses one one through three. <clears throat> Uh, can't stop, won't stop. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 uh, through 3. Um, in, in the hustle and bustle to get here, I left my glasses in the van. So can someone read Hebrews chapter 12, verses, uh, verses 1 through 3? Amen. Um, you know, Hebrews is a book that I, I think emphatically states this. Jesus Christ is the best. He's number one, numero uno. Uh, he's superior. He's high. He's number one. And, and, it, and it seems fitting that after you have this chapter 11 where you're talking about all these figures, these men, these women, these, these heroes of faith, that, that you come to the very best when it comes to this idea of faith, when it comes to this idea of endurance, when it comes to this idea of perseverance. Let's look to Jesus. Consider him who for the joy set before him endured it. Um, we, we, we look to Jesus. He's, he's simply the best. I, I, I love that this book helps us to, to recapture uh, it, it tries to recapture our imaginations around narratives and stories that are very important to us. If, if you've grown up in church, you know, the, the, the names of these men and women in, in chapter 11 that, that we you know, grew up in, 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 in Sunday school and Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class and VBS, learning these stories uh, of these men like, like Noah and Abraham and Joseph and, and, and Jacob and Joshua and Rahab.
Ahab and Gideon and David and allusions to Elijah and Daniel and, and, and all these figures in, in Hebrews 11 where their, 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 their stories say something, they, they tell us something. I, I love how, how, how the author Kyle Eidemann, you know, talks about this, this idea of a cloud and, and, and witnesses and, and what that communicates, that, that their lives are telling stories, that their lives are given testimony to this idea of, of faith and endurance and, and not, not giving up. And, and we could, in the retelling of these stories, like we could exclude all of the, the drama and, and, and all of the heartaches that they endured, all of the obstacles, all of the, the trauma and the setbacks and the disappointments. We could tell their stories and we can tell the story of Noah, just how he just built this wonderful, big, you know, huge boat and, and saved mankind and they lived happily ever after. Or, or we can tell, you know, the story of Abraham, how he had this son uh, that God promised him and, and he lived happily ever after and everything just was just was just fine but but that's not the whole story right the the the, the story of abraham is one that had some setbacks it had some trauma in it 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 it, it had some some issues of, of of weariness abraham had to wait man almost 25 years before they they had the son they they, they were old that's that's something that that weighs on you. There, there are things that that go that went on in the lives of these of these men and women that that make the story full. It's a full story when we consider everything uh, that that they went through, the stuff and the messes that they uh, uh, they they went to, uh, the stuff. And the message that they went through in the book, you know, Kyle, I might call those things, um, you know, heartbreak hills, right? Uh, heartbreak hill in, in, in the Boston Marathon, that, that half mile hill that, that people tell you, you, you get to that hill and, and it's, it's horrifying, it's horrific, it's, it's hard, hard to get to. It's those things that make you want to quit. Maybe you're doing well in this marathon, you're running a steady pace, you get to this hill and you just want to give up let me let me hear from you what what are, what are some of the heartbreak hills in our lives that we experience heartbreak hills in our lives that we experience as as individuals what's some of the heartbreak hills what, what are some of those things that 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 cause you to just throw your hands up I, i'm waving a i'm waving a white flag of surrender yes yeah Chronic medical. medical issues, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I mean, again, I'm still relatively young, relatively healthy. I'll, probably this back issue will go away, but but maybe it doesn't. You, you ever, you know, when I was thinking about you know chronic issues, you know, we we read the story in you know Gospel Mark, Gospel uh, Luke, um, the woman with the issue of blood for twelve years. Like we preach that sermon and teach that sermon, and I, and I think we're too quick to just say she had an issue for twelve years, and then Jesus walked by and healed her. But like, back up for a minute for twelve years, a chronic medical issue. Like, have you ever really thought about how just distraught you 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 are when you just like I just get no no relief? Chronic medical issue. What's another heartbreak? heartbreak hill that we we experience as individuals well we have hope that 
Um, I, I, don't, I don't want us to d- dismiss um, as, as a minister and, and doing funerals and going to meet with families. One of the things that I've had to learn over years is, is what not to say. Um, a lot of times I was too quick to go to a family and, and say, oh, you know, brother such and such has passed away, but we know he's in a better place. And, and, and I mean, that's, that's true. I'm not sure that's what that person needs to hear at that, at that moment. Um, man, death hurts. It, it, it stings. Um, yeah, especially when it's like unexpected and, and you know, it's one thing if you're, you're, you're good ripe age and, and you pass away, but you, you lose someone who's young or you lose someone, I know you've experienced that here in this church, that's, that's, that's got to be troubling. Anyone else? Heartbreak Hills. Heartbreak Hills. Yeah, I feel like every chapter, um, he 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 brought up marriage. Um, almost as it almost seems like he was writing this on the backdrop of, of of sort of this, you know, people who are just just struggling in in their marriage relationships and and, and struggling with divorce and struggling with separation and, and just just struggling to make it as as a couple. Um, and in their times and in marriages. Um, I have a, a, a good, I'll call them a friend, a good friend um, who we talk on a, a very uh, you know, constant basis and man, they're just struggling in their marriage and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that they're headed towards divorce um, and, and he doesn't know what to do about it. It's, it's, it's hurtful. It's painful. Anyone else? Heartbreak Hills. Yeah. Our, our own mortality, like that's, um, that's a very real thing. Um, you've been this active, you know, part, participant in life, like like for forever, and then there comes this point where, you know, it's like almost like even with with medical issues, um, <clears throat> when, when you get to this point where you know, I have a back issue. Um, we have a member who uh, needs help from time to time. Uh, he's in a wheelchair and <clears throat> came home from the hospital and uh, they just dropped him off in his parking lot. He lives on the third floor of an apartment building. He's in a wheelchair and they just dropped him off. Um, I, I need some explanation on who would do that, but you know, okay. uh, long story short, me and another member are, are called to help him. This is at the height of my back issue. And, and me and me and this guy lifted this guy up in his wheelchair up to his um, I shouldn't have done it right and and there's a point where Dion you can't do that you have to stop there comes a point when when people age that there's some things they just can't do and they have to stop and and it's mentally spiritually they want to wave a flag of sorts. Yeah. 
Let's, let's move towards um, church uh, because this is a place where, where I've been. What, what are some heartbreak hills when it comes to like the church? Some things that cause you to just want to just, just give up. Man, I can't take it anymore. Like conflict over small, like sometimes conflict over like significant stuff is work, but conflict over. I've, I've watched so many like good Christian people like walk out the doors and have never returned because they got tired of bickering and fighting over small stuff. Uh, that's the type of stuff that like you're running uphill and you're like, oh, man, I've, I've had it. Anything else? What, what about like when you start comparing yourself to other churches and you're like, or you know, I'm speaking for me, like we compare ourselves to other churches, like, oh, I wish we were like that. And, and, and we, we find out that like we can't be like that because like we're not them. We're, we're kind of different and we can't be. But it's, it's one of those things that it, it's a hill that, 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 makes, it, that makes it hard. Um, Eidelman, uh, you know, he moves to, uh, I think, introducing a, a text uh, that I think is um, certainly relevant to everything that we just discussed here about, about those hills. Because in, in many ways, everything that we've mentioned is, is an issue of, of mortality. It's, it's an issue of, like chronic medical issues, it, it highlights this, that, that we're human and that, we're, that we have a life cycle and that we... We're eventually going to we're going to die. Um, churches, when we're when we're talking about things that we're doing and, and how do we survive as a church and, and and how do we keep on keeping on, you know what we're what we're talking about is survival and and, and, and dealing with that life cycle. And 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 what um, you know, Idleman kind of brings to our, our our attention is that as as followers of Jesus, right, as disciples. We need to know how to die, and, and we need to know that, that, that dying and, and, and finishing our race is, is what's in, in, important. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 6 and 8, that he spends some, some time uh, and, and some attention. Um, I'll, I'll try to read this. I think I can do it. Um, <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, this is Paul. Um, probably... Uh, probably amongst the last writings that that that, that Paul writes, some some suggest this 
This was it. This was his last letter. This, this was it. Uh, prior to him uh, being beheaded in, in Rome. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, uh, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Um, from now on, uh, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his uh, appearing. Um, Paul is like, this is it. I'm, I'm about to die. Uh, uh, but you know what, man? I have fought a good fight. I am about to finish this race. It's it's about finishing the the, the race. Um, it it it's I think fascinating how much Paul uses, uh, and and all the writers of the New Testament use uh, sports uh, as a metaphor for uh, us to get this the spiritual understanding, and it invites us to 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 even look at in our own. Um, sort of experience stories of, of, of those that, that inspire us. I love the Olympic Games, um, Tokyo 2020. Uh, can't, can't wait for the summer. I'm a summer Olympics guy. I like, I, I like the Winter Olympics, but, you know, you lose me with the biathlon. I just, I just don't get it. Um, but I love the Summer Olympics. I, I love track and field. I, I love swimming. 2000 Olympics. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget watching um, something that was really strange. I, I turned the TV on. Uh, I was in, living in Flint, Michigan at the time, uh, newly married, and turned on the TV, tube television. And we're watching the Olympics, and I see this short black guy swimming in a pool all by himself. Um, it was the strangest thing I've ever seen um, because it was like one, I was like, What's up? Brothers can't swim with other people? Like, why is he swimming by himself? Like, what's, what's going on here? Um, his name was Eric Musambani. Eric Musambani uh, was from a country in Central Africa called Equatorial Guinea. It's a small, struggling country in uh, Africa. The Olympics, as a uh, gesture of goodwill, will often go to countries to try to get them to participate in the Olympics. And they'll try to pick a sport or an event that they could participate in. And so this guy was chosen to participate in uh, the 2000 Summer Olympics. So here, here's a short video, hope it works, um, that talks a little bit about what happened with Eric Musambani. I don't know, does anyone remember this story? Oh, no, 2000. Go ahead and play that video for me. He was assigned to represent the country in swimming. The problem was that he didn't know how to swim, so he started to learn. He swam in his first swimming pool only four months before the Olympics at the local hotel in his hometown. That is Olympic swimmer Eric Musambani. He was trying very hard not to drown, and everyone else was worried that he might. Now, you're probably wondering how he got himself in this situation. It all started a year ago in Equatorial Guinea, a country in Central Africa. It was a developing country and lacked many of the proper training facilities you might find in other places. 
One day there was an ad on the radio asking for people to show up if they were interested in participating in the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. Other wealthier nations would not do this, but because of a wildcard system designed to help low income nations get into the Olympics, basically anyone can apply, even if they don't meet the standard requirements. Eric Musambani heard the radio ad and was the only one who showed up. When he arrived in Sydney, he saw an Olympic sized swimming pool for the first time. To put this into perspective, an Olympic pool is 50 meters long, while the hotel swimming pool he practiced in was only 12 meters. He knew that he probably wasn't going to win. But he didn't know that he was about to make Olympic history. As he was ready to race in the largest pool he had ever seen, something strange happened. Everyone else had a false start and was disqualified. Everyone, that is, except for Musambani. Even though he was guaranteed to finish in first place, he still had to swim. And swim he did, or at least until halfway through. He struggled down the stretch. The crowd, which was laughing a bit beforehand, started to worry that he might be the first Olympic swimmer to drown during his race. They started cheering him on. Adrian, I'm not sure he's going to make it, is he? Oh, he is. This is, this is the Olympics. He's got 17,000 people shouting for him. Musambani finished the race. And set a new record for the longest first place swim in Olympic history. And thus, he earned the nickname Eric the Eel. He didn't qualify for the next round and never made the Olympics again. But that didn't stop him. In 2012, he became the coach of Equatorial Guinea's national swimming squad. And thanks to the attention he got, the country now has two Olympic sized swimming pools. And with his coaching, perhaps one day we will see his name in the Olympics once again. I love that story. I love that story. Of, I don't love that he almost died.、Um, uh, but, but when you watched it live, watching it live was, was incredible. Because there was, I mean, there were points where the, the commentators, you probably heard it in the video, they were laughing. But then there was a moment where they actually kind of were, they were concerned that he was about to drown. Now, he wouldn't have drowned. Obviously, someone would have dove in and, and saved him. But they were worried. But the coolest thing was happening while, while he was swimming the crowd was going berserk, cheering him on to win, cheering him on. They knew he wasn't going to make the time. Now, if, had there been other swimmers, it would have been an interesting visual to see most of the swimmers finishing while he was just making the turn. But they cheered him on. They were standing on their feet, screaming for him to finish the race. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are saying, finish the race. You might not come in first place. You might not get all the accolades that you desire, that you trained for, but finish the race. The way we ought to do life is in such a way that we are finishing the race. 
And we have no clue what implications that will have for others in this life when we just finish the race. He finished the race. He becomes a coach for Equatorial Guinea. He, he becomes someone who inspires others. He, 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 he leads to them building pools in Equatorial Guinea so that people can train properly, uh, properly before he was swimming in a hotel pool that was only 12 meters. Now people can train in an Olympic size pool. He inspired. He, he, he's now leading. You know, who knows? Uh, 2020 Tokyo, we might have a, a gold medal winner from Equatorial Guinea. Probably not. But it doesn't happen if my man doesn't finish the race. If, if he didn't finish the race, how likely is it that others will say, yeah, I want to go swimming? Because people are going to come, come swim. Say, I'm not going to put myself in position to die. But to see that, you know what? He finished. He did it. He actually, uh, four years later, um, <clears throat> so he finished that race in like, what, a minute, 50, something like that. He actually shaved his time down to 57 seconds in four years. And he, didn't, he wasn't able to compete in London uh, because of a... a visa problem so he was going to participate in the london olympics uh but he couldn't because of a of a of a visa problem but he finished the race you know people of faith in in our churches you know uh, we we need to finish the race as an example for for others who are coming behind us to to inspire those coming behind us that that are coming uh, uh along with us uh finish uh the race um I don't know what it was that that that, you know, prompted him to to keep going because he could have very well just grabbed on to one of the lane dividers and just, you know, took a rest. But there was something that that inspired him to 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 keep going. I have a friend. um, Some of y'all might know. Any of y'all know Walt Neubauer? Uh, Walt Walt Neubauer uh, used to go to church with us, used to go to FNK. Um, He's he's a. He's one of those extreme marathon runners. Um, and I'm talking about the guys that girls that run like the 50 mile races and he's done a hundred mile race. Uh, he's done a 24 hour run uh, before where you run continually for 24 hours. I have no clue why anybody would ever want to do anything so ridiculous. Uh, but uh, now I, I don't want to make make fun of him but he, he he's an endurance runner I, I've, I've gone to support him at, at some races and I, I just asked him I said what what is it that when like when you want to quit you know what what do you tell yourself um to 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 like prompt you to keep keep going and he says I, I say to myself take another step how many of y'all saw the movie Hacksaw Ridge Love that movie. Love that movie. Hacksaw Ridge is a movie uh, about uh, a guy by the name of, I think his name was Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss, uh, World War II. Uh, He was a Seventh-day Adventist. Seventh-day Adventists are against killing and, and, and war. And so he was a conscientious objector. He, you know, drafted into the military, had to go to war, but he said he would not fire a gun, would not fire a rifle. Heard this story. Uh, Went to a a battle in the Pacific, um, one of the bloodiest, 
hard, hardest fought battles. Hacksaw Ridge, this huge ridge that they had to climb up, scaled wall to get over. And, and man, they were killing soldiers. And without a weapon, uh, Desmond Dawes saved 75 soldiers. Uh, went in, like, running into enemy fire and was rescuing uh, some of his uh, comrades and, and soldiers, 75. Um, and in the movie, I think one of the, man, just one of the most, most emotional scenes is when he's, you know, he's already rescued like 30 people or so. And he's crawling because he's, he's injured himself. He was hit and, and wounded. And he would go, he would you know, take some folks back to safety. And then he would go back and he would say, Lord, help me get one more. And then he'd go and he'd get one, bring them back. And then he'd say, Lord, help me to get one more. And he just kept doing that. 70, 75 people. And, and Desmond Dawes will tell you that one of, the, one of the things that fueled and motivated him to, to do what he did was his faith in God. Such that he was able to call on the Lord and say, Lord, just, just one more. So what is it that kind of motivates us to keep going? Like, I'll tell you mine in just a second, but what is it like when you feel like you want to give up in any realm? You know, what is it that motivates you to, to keep going? Others, what is it that keeps you going? What what keeps you going in in your faith walk with God? What is it that helps you to overcome and keep going? Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, again, go back to that, that list of heroes in, a, in, in chapter 11 of Hebrews. <laughs> again, it's, it's, it's not just the, the, the good stuff of the story, you know. It's, it's not that Joseph got, you know, uh, a coat of many colors <laughs> or he, he ascended to second in command in, in, in Egypt. But, but, oh my goodness, the heartache that Joseph went through. Um, Yet, yet God, God was with him. We're, we're, we're not exempt from trouble and, and struggle. We're, we're not exempt from, from, from any of that. But what we're promised, what we're promised is the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And, and I think what, what, what enables me, you know, one of the things I didn't, when I was talking about this collision of all these things that I'm, going through for the past five years I've been in grad school going to get my master's of divinity degree um, I don't know if y'all have, uh, if you know this uh, you've heard me say it I'm going to say it again uh, college is expensive <laughs> it's so expensive and, and I've been paying to go back to grad school and then you know paying to you know, my, my, my daughter to go back to school uh, to go to school. My wife went back and got her master's degree, so I, I don't know what the Fraser family was thinking, like, the past five years. Like, it's been horrible. And then I've got a sophomore in high school who in two years will be going to college, and you got to do that, too. Um, <clears throat> and, and so last year, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I'll be, be uh, full disclosure, I've, I've really struggled in school. I'm Typically, I'm a pretty good student. I'm a I'm an A student, um, but for the first time in in my like college postgraduate career, I got an F in a class, and and I got an F because I just did not do the work. Um, I didn't. It's an online class. I didn't. I didn't engage online. I didn't. I just. I just. I just didn't care. I. I, I gave up. Um, it, it was just, it was stressful, it was just too much, I had too much going on at home, too much going on at church, and I just, I just didn't, just didn't do it. What I began to reflect on is what, <clears throat> what, what God has been doing with me in my time uh, going, going back to school. I, I have met some, some folks, um, in fact, when I leave my drive home, I'm going to call uh, a guy that I met uh, during my studies, a guy by the name of Matt, um, who has become extremely important uh, in my in my life. And some of the things that I've learned during my time going back to school is um, uh, learning to be a more confident leader and a more co- uh, capable capable leader. Um, church, I've my understanding of the Holy Spirit has been awakened during my time going back to school. I, I was one that really didn't know much about the Holy Spirit or uh, you know, was, was skeptical to, to wade into that water, just thought, oh, yeah, we, you know, we have it. But, but man, the, the, the Holy Spirit is something that has become uh, such an important part of my work, my ministry, my preaching. Um, just this morning, um, and, and I can tell you that I had been debating whether or not I was going to go back this semester. 
and complete my degree. And just this morning, I registered for classes, and and I'm going to I'm going to complete it. I'm going I'm going to finish. And I think what what brought me to 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 to, to me clicking the button to say add this class, add this class, uh, was an understanding that yeah, there's there's been some struggles, but man, there's just been a wealth of a blessing that I simply have not spent time being grateful for. You know what helps me to take that next step and not give up? It's gratitude. It's being thankful. It's reflecting on where I'm at. You know, as much as I complain about the problems I have, they are what we call first world problems. You know, you know first world problems, right? Man, the internet is so slow. How am I going to survive? It's first world problems. Or other people are worrying about how to drink clean water. I'm worried about the speed of my internet. A lot of our problems are first world problems. I'm not saying they're insignificant. I'm not. I'm not saying you have issues in your marriages. That's not. That's not significant. That's extremely significant. Um, but but a lot of our issues are first world problems, problems that are brought upon by, by ourselves because we live in such excess that we don't know what to do with ourselves. And we're used to that. And so when things don't go our way like they normally always do, then we, we complain and we're, we're ready to wave the white flag. Yeah, what, what helps me to, to take that next step when I'm, when I'm you know, facing my, 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 my hill is, is gratitude. Um, I wonder how gratitude would uh, would, would would enhance uh, our our lives as we you know uh, try to persevere uh, in this in this world. Let me let me let me kind of draw to a conclusion with this. Um, Idemus starts off this chapter by saying, "Christians know how to die," and I believe that. Like I. I I don't know how people who aren't followers of Jesus, how they handle death. Um, and I know that there's some traditions that, that have some pretty, you know, what, what, I, I just know that when I do funerals for people who are believers, we, we celebrate. We cry, but man, we, we, we celebrate. There's just something about the way we handle death that is it's encouraging Monty Williams is a NBA basketball coach uh, he coached the New Orleans Pelicans uh, they were the New Orleans something else before they became the Pelicans But um, <clears throat> he got fired and he was an assistant coach with the Oklahoma City Thunder while he was an assistant coach, uh, you know, his family lived in Oklahoma City. His wife was driving on the freeway. A car came over on the other you know, wrong, you know, opposite direction, plowed into his wife, and she died at the scene. Um, Monty Williams spoke at his wife's funeral and, and said some things during that funeral that I think exemplifies why Christians do death the way that we do death. So I want us to watch 
this clip of Monty Williams at his uh, wife's funeral. Listen. This is hard for my family, but this will work out. And my wife would punch me if I were to sit up here and whine about what's going on. That doesn't take away the pain. But it will work out because God causes all things to work out. You just can't quit. You can't give in. See, the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And America teaches us to just numb that, and it's not true, but it is true. All you got to do is look around you. Get outside of these walls, and you know it's true. This will work out. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it's not painful. Doesn't mean we don't have tough times, and we're going to have tough times. What we need is the Lord. And that's what my wife tried to exhibit every single day. Now, I'm going to close with this, and I think it's the most important thing that we need to understand. Everybody's praying for me and my family, which is right. But let us not forget that there were two people in this situation. And that family needs prayer as well. And we have no ill will towards that family. In my house, we have a sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. That family didn't wake up wanting to hurt my wife. Life is hard. It is very hard. And that was tough. But we hold no ill will towards the Donaldson family. And we, as a group, brothers united in unity, should be praying for that family because they grieve as well. So let's not lose sight of what's important. God will work this out. My wife is in heaven. God loves us. God is love. And when we walk away from this place today, let's celebrate. Because my wife is where we all need to be. And I'm envious of that. But I got five crumb snatchers I got to deal with. <laughs> I love you guys for taking time out of your day to celebrate my wife. We didn't lose her. When you lose something, you can't find it. I know exactly where my wife is. I'll miss holding her hand. I'll miss talking with my wife. Um, Sam and Coach Donovan probably couldn't figure out why I always wanted to get out of the office, uh, me and Mo Cheeks. Um, Mo probably wanted to go do something else. But we always wanted to get out of the office. I just enjoy being with my wife. I enjoy being with my family. And most of the times we didn't do anything. We'd just be at the house sitting around um, doing nothing. I'm going to miss that. Let's not lose sight of what's important. God is important. What Christ did on the cross is important. Let's not lose sight of that family that also lost someone that they love. I love you guys. I hope I get a chance to hug and shake a hand and give a kiss on the cheek. But let's keep what's important at the forefront. Thank you. Here's a man that just lost his wife and is speaking about not giving up, not giving in, and keeping our eyes on Jesus. He, he's living Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. 
and understanding that Jesus went through some pain. It was pain on that cross. I guarantee when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he had nails in his hands and through his feet and, and, and piercing his side and all and had been beaten, I guarantee he didn't have the feeling that you get when you're driving real fast on some hills and your stomach gets all nice and you're like, oh, I, I guarantee it didn't feel like that. I guarantee Jesus was hurting. We are going to hurt in this life. We're going to have some pain in this life. We're going to have some obstacles in this life. We're going to have some difficulties in this life where everything is not going to go our way. It's not going to be hunky dory all of the time. We will have some good times. We will have some bad times. It's important that we keep our eyes fixed on the prize and don't give up and finish strong. And understand that Jesus did it before us so that we could do it. For the joy set before him, for the love in his eyes, for, for, for us to, to be in a position to even run a race. So with that in mind as, as a motivating theme, as a motivating factor, let's not give up. Let's keep going. Let's not dismiss the pain and the hurt. Let's acknowledge the pain and the hurt. And here's the here's clincher, and this is where I'll close. The less we focus on competing with each other and know that we are competing with, we are competing in the same race, not, not to beat each other, but that we are in this thing together. The strength that Monty Williams drawn from is, is, is a strength that he's getting from God and that what, what he's getting from his friends and family there. Doing this thing together. Man, we're going nowhere as a church if we don't do this thing together. If, if I take it upon my shoulders to, 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 to lead the church to, to grandeur and glory, I can do, I can do this. It will ne- nothing will ever happen. But when I say we can do this, I know that we can finish strong. So as simple as it may be, I I pray that in your lives, wherever you're at, that you don't give up. I pray that as a body of Christ, as a a church, that when we come to these hills that that often causes the want to wave the white flag that we that we don't give up. The same message that I gave to my friend last night as we prayed, don't give up, I give to you. Uh, Don't give up. Let's pray. Holy God, you are, um, you're you're amazing and and you're powerful and um, God, you you have given us a a message through through so many servants, through their lives uh, that you, you have in, in empowered them with your Holy Spirit to, to endure uh, setbacks and trouble. And you have uh, enabled them to, um, to, to get past the, the, the hurdles that, uh, that, that are put before them to, to cause them to stumble, to, to cause them to, to give up. The evil one would have it so that we would just give up. But God, you, you have given us Jesus as an example to look to. You have given us a spirit to empower us uh, 
to carry on, to persevere, to run the race with endurance, to finish, to fight the good fight. God, I pray that we would look to Jesus, that we would look to our ultimate resting place. And that, that, that's with you. That's, that's heaven. That's where our citizenship lies. God, may we be fueled by a truth and a knowledge that our place is secure with you. And Father, when things on this earth like physical pain or mental anguish or, or setbacks or hardships or trauma or financial difficulties or um, chaos and confusion, when, when all those things hit us, Father, give us the, the, the will to, to look to our resting place. And may it prompt us to to persevere, to be strong, to not lose heart, to not give up. God, I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for Spring Road. I pray that you would bless this church, that you would give them uh, continued hope, that you would bless them so that they would be a blessing. God, this is our prayer in Jesus' name. The whole church said, hey, thanks for having me.